Hey guys, and welcome to the Group Home Riches Podcast. On this this week's episode, we're actually going to do something a little bit different for you. We know a lot of our members are interested in helping out the veterans, um, and there is one particular program called the HUD VASH program. It's a little bit different than your typical group home setting, but it can still kind of be uh, very profitable for the homeowner and at the same time uh, very helpful for veterans in need. So today's guest is actually an expert with this. He's actually, over the past couple of years, he's built a pretty massive rental portfolio, and the majority of the homes are are using this particular program. He's a former veteran himself, um, just someone I kind of stumbled on when I I was looking through real estate podcasts, thought he would be a great guest for you guys, thought he'd bring a ton of value for you, um, and he agreed to come on the show. We had a great talk. We thought you guys will learn a ton from it. Uh, so without further ado, here is today's episode with our guest, Kirby Atwell. So let's jump into it. So uh, for the folks listening out there, I was uh, I was just looking for, you know, looking to doing some research, listening to some real estate podcasts. And I found uh, I found Kirby on another real estate podcast talking about the HUD VASH program. Um, and we have we have a ton of people that come to us that that want to help out the veterans with a typically in a group home setting. So even though um, even though Kirby doesn't necessarily run group homes, he's still kind of serving the same purpose uh, that that we do. So I, I thought he'd be an excellent guest to have on, and he was nice enough to join me not once but twice because we had some <laughs> audio issues the first time. So Kirby, thank you for joining me again. <laughs> oh, it's great to be here. Thanks, Brandon. Um, why don't to uh, to kick things off? You know, why don't you tell why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, about yourself and kind of just you know what what made you want to uh, to you, you have two businesses basically that that are serving the veterans. So tell us a little bit about your background and what you got what got you started into this type of business. Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, again, thanks for having me. Um, so I grew up in the south sur- suburbs of Chicago and kind of always wanted to uh, join the military. Um, so after high school, I went to prep school for a year and then went to West Point uh, Military Academy in New York. And uh, after graduating, I was stationed um, as a second lieutenant in the Army down at Fort Bliss, Texas, um, in El Paso, Texas. And around that same time, I picked up the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which uh, was kind of the, the first um, entry, I guess, into real estate or even the thought of investing in real estate. And like many other people who have read that book, it kind of was a, a turning point for me, um, a shift in mindset. And it was something that I recognized as something I want to do the rest of my life. So um, this was 2000. I graduated in 2005 and I, I decided to buy my first property right after reading that book in 2006. Um, and uh, so read it and a month later went out and bought my first rental property and then bought another one right after that. So um, didn't, uh, spend, didn't spend a lot of time in analysis par- paralysis mode, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, luckily, I mean, I, I got very lucky in the beginning. Obviously, it was 2006, which was the height of the market before the crash. Um, but I was luckily stationed in a um, probably one of the most stable real estate environments in the entire country. So it, it didn't go up or down. You know, it, I don't think it ever goes up and down in El Paso. So um, 
so it was a good place to kind of get my feet under, under me and, and learn. Um, after that, I went to Hawaii and bought another rental property there after the crash, um, 2009. Um, so I got a great deal on a foreclosure there. And then, um, that brought me basically, I went to Japan for a few years and then basically I got out in 2011 and I decided, I, I always knew that I wanted to go into real estate investing. Um, and I decided I'm just going to jump into it full time. Um, so I started a flipping company with, with two partners, um, and back here in Chicago and we, from 2011 to 2016, we flipped about 70 properties, um, around the Chicagoland area. Um, and I realized during that time, I was sort of on this, this flipping treadmill, I refer to it as, uh, where, you know, we started with one deal, um, and then we, we got a couple of deals at the same time and the business started to grow. And so our overhead started to grow along with, you know, the business. So we, uh, you know, then we got an office and we started adding staff members and at our height, we were doing 22 deals at the same time and in various stages of, of the rehab process from being under contract to buy, to being under rehab and being on the back end to sell. Um, and we had 13 full-time staff members and we had tens of thousands of dollars going out and marketing every month to feed this machine. Um, but as the owners, we never really got ahead. Um, it was just this constant perpetual cycle of looking for the next deal just to, to feed the machine that, that, um, that we had created. So, um, I decided that I was going to try a new approach in 2016. So my partners brought, bought me out of that, um, business. And I decided to start green vet homes because I had recently learned about the HUD VASH program, which is a, a voucher program where they give veterans, homeless veterans, a, a voucher, very similar to a section eight voucher that pays the rent. Um, but it comes from the VA, uh, and it, you know, and the rent is direct deposit directly to the landlord. Um, and I found out I could, I could lease single family homes and, and it works really well in the South suburbs of Chicago where the, the price point is, is fairly low compared to a high rent amount. And the rent amount is actually higher than market rate because most landlords just, uh, you know, immediately reject, uh, a homeless veteran cause they start thinking the worst. Um, so I found out about this program in 2016 and I built a business around buying, rehabbing and renting properties to these homeless veterans. Um, and I've been able to accumulate 16 single family homes since then and 11 unit apartment building. And it's, uh, it's just worked really well. Beautiful. So just to kind of recap, you, you scaled the, the flipping business into kind of a beast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like you, you, uh, the problem was you kind of, you scaled, you grew bigger, uh, probably, you know, with that came a lot more stress, probably late night phone calls, early morning phone calls, stuff like that. Exactly. But, uh, you weren't really, your personal income wasn't really scaling as big as the business, it sounds like, correct? Exactly. Yeah, the revenue. I mean, the revenue kept going up. Everyone said we were successful, but when I was looking at my personal bank account, um, it wasn't any, any different than it was when we first started, even though we had a lot more revenue coming in, the expenses just kept up with it. So, uh, so cool. And now, now you've kind of took a step back and kind of created more of a, you know, a a better, you kind of created the lifestyle that you want, um, probably a little more passive income, 
not as much yelling at contractors. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, it's probably a little more spiritually rewarding as well. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's the different, the thing I like to, um, share with people who are just starting out is the difference between um, needing to do a deal and, and doing a deal because it's a great deal. Um, it's massive. Uh, and what I mean by that is when we had a big company and we lived off the income from flips, um, we had to do four to six deals a month just to you know keep the company going. Um, and so when you need to do that many, you start to take on deals that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise take on. You need a lot of contractors, not just, you know, a few great ones. You need to constantly, you know, be hiring new contractors because you go through different contractors. Um, and there's a lot more issues that can come up just as a result of, of doing that many deals. But when you have a business where, um, it's a lot of passive income and you just need to add one or two new deals a month because you don't have, I have zero overhead virtually at this point. My, I work out of my house and um, I also have plenty of time. I have a full-time role at a nonprofit that helps veterans start businesses. Um, so it's much, much more profitable. And I have one contractor crew that's just fantastic that I can just keep rotating from job to job. Um, and it's way lower stress. Beautiful. And you can be, you, you brought up a good point. Um, you, when you, when you kind of scaled and you had all those employees, you were taking on deals that you necessarily, you probably had like a bad gut, gut feeling about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and not even bad gut. I bet, I bet you the numbers weren't even like what you originally wanted, but you were like, well, that you know <laughs> yeah you can justify about any deal um yeah on paper but <laughs> but you know i don't know i i found when i was real estate investing uh my my gut was kind of never was never really wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I got into the, that position too where i would i was doing it full time and yeah when you're in the position to like need a deal you definitely you don't you don't want to be in that position it's not a not a good position to be in. So <laughs> now you can kind of sit back, um, you know, analyze and kind of cherry pick the, I mean, we were going over the numbers before and it seems like you kind of cherry pick really, really good deals, kind of the monster deals with a lot of equity right off, right, right from the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. So, it, you know, the, the amount of life energy and, you know, opportunity cost and capital that goes into doing a deal, it's a lot. So I would much rather invest in less deals that are, all of them are just absolute home runs than do a lot of average deals and, and just wear myself out. So the deals that, the typical deal that I, I do in the South suburbs with this VASH program is I'll buy a single family house, a, a thousand square foot, you know, starter home. I try, I look for brick houses, no basement, three bedroom, one bath, like cookie cutter, um, house and, you know, built in the sixties or seventies. Um, and I do, uh, you know, I can, if I find the right deal, it's, it's a type of deal that needs all new finishes, but the, the guts of the building are good. Um, and so I can rehab, I buy it for about 50 and I can put in 25 to $30,000. So say I'm all in for 80 average, um, in that same, uh, property should appraise for about 120. So I've got about 40,000 of equity into it. Um, and it will rent for anywhere between 15 and 1700 
dollars uh, in the south suburbs here. So the cash flow is is pretty awesome on it. Uh, taxes are a little higher in Chicago, um, but that's the ideal type of deal. And so you're accumulating equity in each deal and just you know cash flow that'll pay you perpetually forever. Yeah, those are those that those are monster deals, and in our area, those are like ones that you would you typically rehab or even you could wholesale and make, make a nice chunk of change yeah. off, of, off of those. But um, rather than do that, <laughs> um, yeah. you're, you're, you're looking more, more long-term uh, building long-term wealth and, you know, helping out your community and veterans at the same time. So it's a beautiful, beautiful strategy. When, when, when we've kind of slowly, we don't really have a slogan here, but I think it's slowly becoming, you know, the more, the more people you help, the more money you make. And I think you can kind of see that with your, with your strategy as well. Yeah. 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 With Uh, the HUD VASH program uh, too, like, um, you know, I, I, I do go above and beyond on, on rehabs. Um, I think there's a lot of people who, who can work in the voucher program and kind of do the bare minimum just to pass the inspection. And they figure, well, these people don't have an option anyway, so they're going to rent my place. Um, but there's so many advantages to going above and beyond your number one, you're setting a standard for what you expect from that tenant when they move in. So they move into this gorgeous property, um, all these veterans have been through basic training. They know what clean looks like. They know what right looks like. So they see that to start with, and they, they have a much higher propensity to uh, keep it in, a, in, in good condition when they start with that. Um, and then also, I, I've developed a relationship with the coordinators of the program. There's about six caseworkers, social workers at the VA that, that, that run this program, and they know the quality of the housing that, that I provide. Um, so anytime there's a new veteran, particularly a three-bedroom voucher holder, um, they'll call me cause they know that's typically what I have. Uh, they'll call me first and say, Hey, I've got this veteran because they know that, you know, it's, it's going to be a quality property that they're putting that vet in. Yeah. Cool. And, um, why don't, why don't we kind of re- rewind, you know, and get, get into kind of the nuts and bolts about the HUD VASH program. So, um, how did you just to, just to kind of for people that were started from, you know, ground zero, you know, how, how did you get set up with, with the, with that program? Yeah. I first start, I first heard about the program from a friend of mine who has several thousand doors of commercial property in Chicago. Um, and I was asking him about, you know, some of his new projects. And he said, actually, some of my best tenants are veterans. He knew I was a veteran. And he said, some of my best tenants are veterans. Um, they get this voucher called VASH and they're moving in to, to some of my units. And, um, and it's very similar to a Section 8 voucher. So I did research. You can just uh, Google HUD VASH um, and you can read about it. It's a national program um, and it's administered locally out of out of the VA office that's that's local to your area. So for here in Chicago, it, the Heinz VA Hospital is this massive uh, VA hospital outside of Chicago, and and that's where the the voucher is administered for for my area. And so I just called them up and said, you know, who runs the program? They connected me to to a woman named Jessica here who runs the program, 
And I set up an appointment and went in and asked her all my questions, just, you know, um, found out as much as I possibly could about what's the history, how many vouchers do you get a month? What's the history of the program? Is it likely to go away? Who funds it? Um, you know, what, how do you set, how are the payment standards set? All this stuff um, that I could think of. Some of it they know, some of it, you know, they, they don't know, like, you know, how could the payment standards change? You know, it's, it's something that they don't know for sure, but um, they have historical reference to. So uh, like a, is it like a yearly thing that they update or is that, is that kind of up in the air? Yeah, it's typically yearly and it's based off of the section eight payment standards. So it's the same. So in, in Cook County um, it is based on the zip code. Um, which I think is the rarity. I think in most counties, especially rural counties, they just pay by bedroom for the entire county. Um, so, so in Cook County, you can you can target the zip codes where you know you can find affordable housing and the the rent rates are high enough to to provide cash flow. Yeah. So this this is a really cool strategy. Um, on the back end, why, why it can work out, why it could be a big win for, for the owner. So just to kind of, to kind of recap, they have, they have their payment set by either in this case, it's zip code. So what, what Kirby does is he'll find, he'll find like a a home that would typically be kind of on the lower scale of the rent for that area, or, or I'm sorry, for the zip code. Um, but he's still getting paid kind of, uh, he's getting, you know, in this case, kind of much higher than, than market rent. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say much higher, but it uh, is, it is higher, but it's kind of like the, the buy low, you sell high strategy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and on kind of, uh, like a, a typical deal, how, how much would you, what, what would you estimate your cash flow is roughly? I, I, I always target after my mortgage insurance, um, and my set asides, uh, and taxes. I I always target after all my expenses to try to have four to $500 of free and clear cash flow um, Mm -hmm. per deal. Um, and if I do that, then I feel like, and it's got the equity that I've, cause I, I rehab all these houses and I force the equity, um, you know, and so if, if I've got the equity and I've got that cash flow, I feel like it's a, a great deal. I mean, compared to the people that I know that do the buy and hold strategy or that you hear about on bigger pockets, these are monster deals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so Kirby, uh, he, he's kind of what I see a lot of investors kind of, um, you know, struggle with is that they won't buy right first. They might buy a property off the MLS or they might just take a wholesaler's word for it, you know, go way above budget on their rehab. So they don't have much equity, if any, and then they're shooting for, you know, they might even be banking on the long-term strategy and not really shooting for cash flow. But I mean, you see, you know, you, you see success stories on bigger pockets and they're talking about making mm-hmm. you know, cash flow on one or 200 bucks a month, which is that, 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 that would make me nervous. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so very, very cool. So, um, back to the HUD VAS program. So you said it's similar to section eight. So they, they pay, 
the actual program pays a percentage of the rent, correct? Yeah. So the the amount that the program pays is dictated by the the veterans' income. So thirty percent of the veterans' take home pay is going to go towards rent. Um, okay. So. In, in a lot of cases, obviously, they're, they're homeless veterans, um, so a lot of them aren't employed to start with. Um, they do have a caseworker that's assigned to them from the, the VA who develops a plan with them to get out of whatever caused the homelessness. So if it was a loss of a job, a divorce, uh, um, substance abuse, PTSD, whatever it is, they they develop a plan to work through that and and get them employment and and eventually get their income up to work off of the voucher. So I have some that start with 100% coming from the VA and then over time they're responsible for a few hundred dollars and then more and then oh, eventually cool. they they work themselves off the voucher. I didn't know that. So they they kind of that changes the percentage like maybe monthly or just the caseworkers just on top of it. And it's, they're always, that's exactly. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, what's like, uh, so they're, they're working to get the, get the, get the guys employed then as they live with you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty good program. That's very cool. What's the typical, like what's the typical length of stay at, at, at your properties? You know, uh, since I've got the three bedroom vouchers, what I've found is that a lot, you know, the, the vast majority of VASH, VASH vouchers are one bedrooms because it's a lot of single veterans or, or a married couple. Mm-hmm. Um, but since I've got a lot of three bedroom houses, the, the few three bedroom vouchers typically are sent my, my way. Um, and it's a lot of single moms um, that, you know, they, they're, everything's fine. And then they get a divorce and, um, they, you know, they just can't pay the bills anymore. Um, and so I've actually had pretty long-term tenants. I mean, since 2016, I, I have one tenant that's getting ready to move into a larger place, um, cause she wants to start a, a daycare facility. But, um, other than that, they've pretty much all stayed in my properties cause they like the property for one. And then also it's just difficult as a single mom with several kids to kind of get their income up to a level that that gets off of the voucher. So, um, so yeah, they typically are longer term. Okay, cool. So even if they get to like full, full employment, even if, you know, that, that job isn't enough to go, you know, buy their own three bedroom, they're still getting help out from the program. Yeah. Yeah. A a lower percentage is paid. Yes, exactly. Yep. And all right, awesome. So I, I did not know that. So that's even even like more more helpful than I than I realized. Yeah. Um, very cool. As far as like the so you know, you're you're taking in people that might have, you know, mental issues, PTSD, they might be literally home homeless coming off the street. Um uh, yeah, they all are literally homeless. I mean, that's a prereq for the to get the voucher. They cannot have a residence. So, so they're either living on a friend's couch, or they're living in a car, or they're living on the street. Um, I'm in the suburbs, so I deal with a lot less chronic homelessness. Um, that's even more challenging, and you see that in the city a lot. Um, but a lot of my 
tenants are post 9-11 veterans. So they're, they're younger veterans and they don't, they're not chronically homeless. Usually they've just fallen on some issue that's, that's caused the homelessness. Yeah. They've done, they've done too many tours for one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, as, as a homeowner, you're, you could probably imagine like the, the situations that are running through our people's heads, probably the same things that you were wondering or worried about what type of, what's the screening process like? Is that something that you set or is that something that the, the caseworkers set? Like as far as like background checks, do you have any kind of say on who gets to go into what property? What's the screening process like? Yeah, hundred percent. It's, I mean, they, they, it's up to me. I can screen them just like I would any other tenant. Um, uh, however, I've allowed for, you know, homeless vets, uh, none of them qualify on paper. I mean, they're, they're all going to, their credit's going to be shot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're homeless. Like there's, there's a higher level of risk, which is why you're getting a higher level of, of rent typically. Um, so, but you know, it, and also I rely on the, um, the, uh, the HUD bash program to do, uh, their analysis first too. They, they do a criminal background check. So they do initial screening for me. And then I still do, you know, my own screening. Um, but I do take on a little bit more risk. Um, I think one thing that's helped me is I'm a veteran myself. And so, um, I do have rapport. I, I manage all of these myself. Um, and I do have a relationship with each, uh, tenant and, and I do, you know, at least quarterly walkthroughs of the property. And, um, for the most part, I have not had any major issues. You know, they, there's, there's little things that come up here and there that they, you know, that I've got to help them work through, but, um, I've only had to evict one tenant and it was really cause her adult children were living with who, her, who were just, a mess and kind of taking all her money. She was working really hard and they, you know, they were, they had their kids living with them and it, it was kind of a, a mess. So we, we had to uh, evict her. Um, but other than that, I've never had to evict a tenant. And obviously you're, you're getting paid because the vast majority of the rent is coming from the VA. Yeah. I mean, evictions, evictions are pretty awful to go through no matter what, but you would think there would be, you know, the misconception would, would be that there's a lot more in this type of situation where really that's, that's probably pretty typical. I mean, if you were to ask just your, your standard traditional uh, landlord who has like say 15 properties, Mm -hmm. they've probably gone through more evictions than that in the past couple of years. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I'd say if, also, if you want to be like a totally passive, like turnkey investor, this might not be the best program. Um, I, I'm a little more hands-on. I, I enjoy the process of being hands-on. I, I like to find properties I can rehab and, and create equity in. And so, um, so, so it, it helps to be more hand, you can't just sit back and expect mailbox money on, yeah. on these type um, of properties. Most of the people that are listening to this are, uh, if you, if you are expecting it to be a hundred percent passive in the beginning, um, I encourage you to find another podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I think we, we might've talked about it on our last call, but our, our typical kind of our typical home 
group home, you can really, you can cast a wide net and kind of just take in anybody who's in need, or you can target specific niches like uh, people transitioning out of homelessness, people transitioning uh, from prison, get, mm-hmm. trying to get sober, but a very, very popular one and one where we get a ton of people they, they come to us because they want to start uh, group homes for veterans. So I think this could be, this could be a good strategy for those that they might not want to have, you know, like eight, eight people in a home to start off, sure. but they still, you know, they, they still want to kind of run their own business, invest in real estate and help out the veterans at the same time. So I think this is, this is one of those, those programs that can kind of serve all of those purposes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very cool. Very cool. So, um, one of the, one of the big kind of questions and misconceptions that, that a lot of our new members have is, uh, that you have to be licensed to do something like this. So what, what kind of license did you need to get in order to start housing these veterans? No, I mean, there's, there's no, no license required. Um, there's an inspection company that's, uh, contracted by, um, the housing authority that comes out and does the inspection very similar to the inspection they do for a section eight. It's, it's mostly, they're, they're mostly looking for safety related items. So chipping paint windows that, that aren't operational, that sort of thing. So, you know, if, if you're rehabbing a property, it's probably, not an issue. Like most of the stuff is going to be new and functional. Um, so that's, I mean, that's really the only inspection that's required. And then beyond that, they're, they're just super excited when somebody's willing, when a landlord's willing to, to take part in the program. Cause there's generally, there's not enough of them. Yeah. Um, after learning about it, you would think that it would be very, very popular amongst, you know, uh, landlords, real estate investors, what have you. But um, I, I used to work in, in property management and, mm-hmm. and kind of <laughs> the majority of the people, if, if you, you know, they just don't want to go, they don't want to do the extra perceived work, you know, right. extra, they, they have all the misconceptions of, you know, they're thinking, all right, great. We're going to have a homeless person come in here. They're going to do drugs. They're going to tear up the property and I got to do all this extra paperwork and, and all these extra upgrades where it's really not, um, um, you know, I guess, I guess it's good for people like you and our listeners. It's kind of, uh, you know, you don't really have to do a hard sell. It's kind of like, you know, just get the property, get it, get it up to their standards. Um, it sounds like the, once you get in touch with the right people, they, they kind of walk you through everything, right? Yeah, that, that was the other thing you brought up a good point. Like, I wouldn't recommend just dabbling in it, you know, if to do, you know, you can, you could do one or two here and there, but there, there is like, like a whole packet of paperwork that you've got to turn in up front where they ask for, um, you know, the proof of ownership and they ask for your W-9 and then there's a few um, housing authority forms you got to fill out. So learning those, I, I built my business around it. I said, this is who I want to serve. This is the type of deal I want to do in this type of, in in this, these few communities. Um, and then I could build my marketing around that. I could, you know, have my crews set up around that area. Um, I could learn the paperwork inside and out. So there's an advantage to 
sort of determining that, you know, your strategy up front and not, you know, doing one of these and then doing a, um, you know, maybe a, a different type of house over here and then doing all these different acquisition strategies. And, um, it, you know, I streamlined the process so that I could get some traction over time as opposed to just like jumping and doing the, the shiny object syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and let's like, um, how long did it take for you to get through that like kind of initial process? So let's say, let's say pretend you have the home. It's, it's up to standard already. How long would it take for, from like the first initial contact with them to getting a tenant in there? Oh, it, it, I mean, it's, it's typically quick. It, it just depends on the need, you know, how many veterans have a voucher and need to move in, but it's not. So with like section eight, usually it takes several weeks to turn in the packet, get it approved. Then they schedule the inspection. The inspectors come out a few weeks later. They, you pass the inspection, then you wait till the first of the following month to start getting paid. So usually there's like a two month gap between the time that you start advertising and the time that you get paid. But with these vouchers, they know that these are homeless veterans. They're living on the street typically. So they will do what's called a pre-inspection where they come out and the VA does their inspection and as long as everything passes, um, that, that veteran can move in and start the lease that day and you get back paid to that day. You still have to go through the regular inspection as well, but you can schedule it, you know, a month or two down the road. Um, and it's, it's beautiful because, it, you know, two months of vacancy can be a lot. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's set up really well. Okay. And that, uh, that initial, like, if, if you haven't done any, you have no relationship with them. How long does it take to get set up with them? Oh, it's, it's not bad. I mean, the first, I'd say one or two properties, you've got to learn the the paperwork that is required. I think that's, it can be frustrating. Um, but I actually really like it because it's a sort of a screening process for landlords. You know, it, it, it eliminates a lot of the people who just want to make a quick buck and are going to be in and out. So, it's really yeah, it's just learning the six or seven documents that are required, how they want them, on what pay, you know, on, on what uh, letterhead they want them on, and that sort of thing. And then, you know, once you've got that down, it's just re- replicating it each time, which is pretty simple. And then staying up with the annual inspections. Very cool. So I just kind of wanted to drive the point home <laughs> uh, if, if for, for those folks out there listening who've, who've looked into, you know, starting a licensed group home facility. This is going to be nothing like that. We're talking, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're going to have to do a little bit of Google research, you know, find find uh, the, the, the program in your area, get in contact with them, uh, probably do like an initial interview and then from there, it's basically just get in your home up to standard, which, uh, you know, you, you don't have to do any big major upgrades or anything like that. And then just get the paperwork filled out. And um, as you as you as you heard, at, at least in Kirby's area, the demand is there. It, the supply wasn't really there. So as soon as you can get through that, um, get get it set up, you, you have your tenants there ready to roll. It's not like right. not a lot of sitting around, not a lot of advertising, you know, not a lot of hard selling to get people into that property. <laughs> um, and yeah, if you could, you could get through it, you can, you could start helping out veterans in your area. 
Um, and it's a total win-win as you, as you hear here, as, if, as long as you do the numbers, right. Um, you could be cash flowing much more than, than what your typical landlord is, is going to cash flow. Mm-hmm. And you're, uh, I mean, you're helping these people out of homelessness, um, a hundred percent of the time, <laughs> as, right. as Kirby said, none of it's, it's none of these people are coming from a, another apartment or another home. Um, it's typically a couch, a car, or uh, or underneath a bridge. Unfortunately, that's right. Um, very cool. So, um, yeah. What's uh? And why don't why don't you talk a, a little bit about the the nonprofit? Just because I think that's that's a really cool story. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is something that I I never envisioned um, that I would would do. I never thought I'd I'd be working. Uh, for a nonprofit or have the, the capacity to do it when I, especially when I was with the, the flipping company. But once I started getting into this model of buying, rehabbing and renting my typical, you know, I, I typically have one to two projects at a time um, going on. So it's extremely manageable. Uh, I work with my dad in, in my, in green vet homes. And so that freed up a lot of extra time for me. And so um, there was a nonprofit that I worked with to help me grow my business um, back when it started in 2014 called uh, Bunker Labs. And it's it's grown, it started here in Chicago. It's grown into 28 cities now. And our goal is to be in all 50 states uh, in the next two years. Um, But it's just an awesome nonprofit. And the whole uh, mission is to help veterans start and grow businesses, um, veterans and their families. Uh, And so I, the CEO asked me to come on as the COO uh, about two years ago. And so I've been doing that full time in conjunction with running my business. And the two missions just align really well. Um, and it's, I mean, I, I got the benefit of it personally as a business owner myself. And so I just really love helping others um, with that, that same mission. I love it, man. So you, you, went, you went from a, a stressed out, Flipper, pretty much, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really cool, fun business, but really at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're pretty much just in that type of business for the money. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, you're, you're kind of, you can say you're revitalizing neighborhoods, but you know, at the end of the day, that's not like super rewarding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, and now you've kind of rearranged everything probably make, I mean, you're, you're probably doing a little better financially than you were when you were flipping, correct? Oh, for sure. For sure. (laughs) Oh, and he actually had a, this is, this is a great problem to have, you know, too much free time. So (laughs) rather than, you know, uh, golf, or I'm sure he has time to golf and do, you know, free time, spend time with the family, but he got into another situation to, to, um, just do provide more service to, to the veterans and, and people like himself. So I think that's a, that's an awesome story. Um, Thanks, man. what do you, you know, what do, what are kind of your, what's the future look like? What are any, any big, uh, any big goals, any big ventures coming up? What's, what's that look like? Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out now. Um, it's a good question. I, um, so we, my wife and I moved over to Northwest Indiana from, uh, the South suburbs of Chicago, uh, about a year, year and a half ago. Um, and we bought a a place on Lake Michigan, a fixer upper, um, we fixed it all up and we converted the basement into a separate Airbnb apartment and it pays for 
a big chunk of our mortgage um, and we get to live in a house that is, you know, kind of the house of our dreams on the water and stuff. And, and so we've just seen the power of Airbnbs as well. Um, and so I, in conjunction with the veteran housing, uh, I think I'm going to start growing that it works really well in the Northwest Indiana area along the Lake Michigan area. It's a big vacation spot. Um, so I think, uh, I think we're going to start growing that side of the business as well and start doing some more Airbnbs and, uh, figuring that out. So, um, so we'll continue to do the veteran housing also, but, um, but I think that's also something we'll incorporate in. Very cool. If, uh, if you ever want to look into something that's going to cash flow, you know, more than Airbnb, but it's much less passive, <laughs> definitely check, check out uh, grouphomeriches.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's, that's, that's another, it, yeah. It's way, way more, way more hands-on in the beginning, mm-hmm. but it's definitely something that as, as you scale up, you can kind of, and, you, and we, we have systems that people put in place to where even though you do have, you know, quite a few more people in the home, it's still, once you get everything set up, it's pretty much like uh, property management. Um, but yeah, we, we could awesome. talk about that another time if you ever want to. <laughs> awesome. Uh, where, can, where can people hear more about you, Kirby? Yeah, so uh, I created a, a blog about a year and a half ago just because I enjoy doing it. Um, and, and so it's just my name, KirbyAtwell.com, and I just share articles about how I'm doing the VASH program and other stuff and my philosophy on real estate investing. And I wrote a uh, guide that people can download too on how I get off market deals. The, the best deals that I'm, I've done um, have all come from this bandit sign strategy that I've uh, incorporated. I wrote exactly how to do it. So if people want to download that, they can do, find it there. Very cool. Very cool. Any, any parting words for, for our members out there? Um, just, I mean, I always say a year from now, you're going to wish you'd started today, you know? So that's, uh, kind of the philosophy I live by. And so, uh, you know, don't drag your feet. If you're thinking about doing it, jump in and you'll learn as you go. I, I, I want to reiterate that. <laughs> so, and, and like, let's, he, like, he's, he's not, uh, he's not just talking there. Just, if, if we go back, he kind of read, he just had one, it took one kind of game changing book, which is kind of becoming a theme amongst uh, the people that we interview on here. But it, mm-hmm. it was uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by it's Robert Kiyosaki, right? Yeah, Robert yep. Kiyosaki. Yep. Um, and then um, he didn't sit back and wait to read all of Kiyosaki's other books that have come out. <laughs> so, you know, spend a year in the library. He didn't spend a year on bigger pockets, learning how to analyze properties and things like that. Took him about 30 days to get his first property. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great place to end off. Um, folks out there, if you're interested in starting a group home, um, you know, head to grouphomeriches.com. Uh, if if you want to get into the program, like a HUD bash, like Kirby did reach out to him. If you have any, any questions, uh, but he pretty much broke it down on, on what, what you need to do. And um, yeah, just don't, don't get stuck in analysis paralysis, I think is the, is the main point. That's right. That's right. right. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for coming on again. It was, it was a pleasure. Uh, and yeah, just keep us, uh, 
if you have any any new ventures coming out or anything, just keep us keep us posted, man. I love your work. We'll do. Thanks, Brandon. All right. Thank you, man. Bye. Bye.